How do we revolutionize cancer care? What innovations can solve global food scarcity? Can the next big leap in drug development come from a place you might not expect? These are the questions that drive us on New Wave, a podcast where curiosity meets life-changing science. In Nova Scotia, a new wave of pioneers are answering these questions, from reimagining how we treat the most daunting diseases to tackling the challenges of feeding a growing planet. Their stories are as inspiring as they are impactful. I'm Taylor McGilvery. Join me as we dive into these extraordinary narratives. We're not just talking about scientific breakthroughs. We're exploring how these advancements touch lives, reshape communities, and pave the way for a brighter future. Subscribe to New Wave on your favorite platform. Be part of a journey that takes you to the heart of innovation and shows how, in Nova Scotia, we're not just asking questions, we're finding answers. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hi, baby. Hello, my love. Uh, ready for... <gasps> I needed that. Actually, you know what's really funny is I, um, I started... Uh, it hasn't come out yet, but this Friday's Sick Boy episode, uh, that's how I started the episode, was I just I got the whole crew to do a big, long sigh. 
uh, because I am languishing right now. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm languishing. I saw this New York Times article that came out about languishing. Actually, you know what? <clears throat> maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll I'll bring that article up. Uh, have you have you okay. read this article? Did, did um, you see the post going read... around? Oh yes, I saw the post going around. Yeah, I'm sure everyone has, but for folks who haven't, uh, here let's uh, let's do uh, let's see if I can do this here, uh, folks. If you are listening, uh, you can just listen. You can just keep listening. But if you want to see what I'm reading, <laughs> you can go to <laughs> Patreon.com slash uh, turn me on. Um, <clears throat> there's a name for the blah you're feeling. It's called languishing. This was a New York Times article that came out uh, not too long ago. Uh, the neglected middle child of mental health can dull your motivation and focus, and it may be the dominant emotion of 2021. Uh, this is by Adam Grant. At first, I didn't recognize the symptoms that we all had in common. Friends mentioned that they were having trouble concentrating. Check. Colleagues report that even with vaccines on the horizon, they weren't excited about 2021. Check. A family member was staying up late to, to watch, quote, National Treasure. Again, even though she knows the movie by heart, and instead of bouncing out of bed at 6 a.m., I was lying there until 7, playing world words with friends. Um, <clears throat> he goes on to say it wasn't burnout, because there's still energy, and it wasn't depression, because he didn't feel hopeless. Uh, there's just joylessness and aimlessness or a joyless and aimless. And, uh, the term for that is, is actually called languishing. So, mm. um, I, uh, oh, I fucked up the, fucked up the thing here. Um, anyway, so yeah, when I read that article, I was like, oh fuck, that's me. I'm, I'm languishing. Cause I yeah. was like, I, I think I'm depressed. I, I could be, yeah. I, I could be depressed. There, there's a couple other things going on in my life right now that are signs for me that, that I'm depressed. Uh, like ignoring friends. <laughs> Fuck me, man. Yeah. God. Yeah. I'm just like ignoring people, important people in my life. And, uh, but I do think I'm definitely languishing. Do you know what the opposite of languishing is? Thriving. Flourishing. Oh, of course it's a beautiful word because languishing is also a beautiful word. Languishing is, it is, um, isn't it? It, quite, it is qu yeah. quite nice. Actually, I was just listening to, uh, I, know, I know a lot of people fucking hate Joe Rogan. And hey, he's a, he's a ding dong sometimes. But uh, I, <laughs> I love Dave Chappelle so much. And, um, uh, and I know that there's a lot of, there's probably some people that just heard me say that, that listen to the show that are upset by that. But hey, look. All that aside, uh, I heard Dave Chappelle use the word in a sentence outside of the t the context of this of 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 like mm -hmm. of this year, and I was like, oh wow, what a when he said it, I was like, God, that's a good word, eh? languishing. Yeah, mm -hmm. I really, I, I, I mean, it's gonna go down in history as being made popular during the pandemic. Sure, um, but uh, just to give you the the uh, definition. Um, from the internet, because I know you can all look it up yourself, but you're not gonna. So I'm going to read <laughs> you the definition um, of a person or other living thing, lose or lack vitality, grow mm. weak or feeble. But then the next definition is 
fail to make progress or be successful. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. There's a whole other definition. Definition number two, suffer from being forced to remain in an unpleasant place or situation. Well, fuck, ain't that the, ain't that the fucking definition right there? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And what, uh, what, sorry, what were you going to no, say? No, 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 go ahead. Um, so if, if you want to, if you want to accomplish the other side of things, the, the flourishing part, you might try to, uh, to wave something around to attract the attention of others. Okay. That's a definition of flourish. Um, yeah. Develop rapidly and successfully. That's definitely the opposite of, of not being productive. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Anyway, I've been languishing a little bit lately. Um, it's funny. It's like ups and downs, right? Like, I don't know. It's it's just such a fucking roller coaster. Like I I'm I I and I don't want to I don't want to like I the one thing that I do look forward to every uh, every week is is um, this you know like recording with you, recording with the guys, recording with the crew, uh, the guys and Lauren, the guys and gal, um, and. Like, that's definitely one of the things that, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. Anyway. Well, it's interesting. I was wondering, I wanted to ask you about hobbies. Because hobbies is something that I have been reading a little tiny bit about. And something that I read communicated to me, and I'll try to translate it, that having hobbies is really... Well, basically, it's really important in quotation marks mm. for our mental health. Um, hobbies are those things that get you into the flow state and that are not tried trying to be monetized mm. um, or commercialized. And I was I wanted to ask you what your hobbies, what your hobbies are. Uh, video games. Mm hmm about it video games yeah. and, and stand-up paddleboarding but like it's it's just a little bit too cold i i can I, we're almost at the time where i can get out <clears throat> now on the board like i i might get out this week or next um but that's about it i don't think i really have hobbies it's like if i'm not doing one of those two things to fill my time i'm doing i'm work i'm working mm-hmm. and my work yeah. feels like a hobby you know like i i enjoy my i enjoy my work I like yeah. doing the work that I do, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. What are your hobbies? Cooking? Um, I think, yeah, would, would that definitely be a hobby? cooking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that a fucking hobby? Um, or like that, that's just a necessity. Well, it's a necessity, but some people don't. Right. Like I like, I do all the parts of it. Mm. The shopping for groceries, like the buying of the buying of the ingredients, like, and I really try to turn my cooking into a a mindfulness practice. So because I can get annoyed and I can get frustrated that like, it takes so long to fucking grate a cauliflower into rice or whatever. And it's messy and I have to clean it up so I can be kind of resentful of the process. If I don't, if I don't make an effort to be like, hold this fucking cauliflower and look at how cool of a, it is as a thing that grows from the earth and then, you know, noticing the textures and the feeling of the crunch and, you know, all of the, like if I don't turn it into a mindfulness practice, then 
it's not a very enjoyable hobby. Right. I wonder, I wonder if like yoga is considered a hobby or if that's more of a, I, you know, that's my work. Yeah. I think there's some people that would probably push back on that, but I think there, I think some people would say that it is. Some people would say that that's, that's problematic, but, um, there's going to be people that think everything's problematic. So. God, I'm in a fucking, you, I'm in a mood, eh? Uh, you're in a, you don't see, like, it's funny. I, you know, I, sometimes I get the before the mics are on version mm. of you and I can tell you're not doing well, but I wasn't getting that at all when we were chatting before. Maybe I was too wrapped up in my own. I'm brain. good at hiding it. I'm really good at hiding it. Like I, I was here. I, I am. I am though. Like I, you know, I, I was here not long ago and with Taylor <clears throat> and I, I think I, I straight up to Taylor. I was like, I, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm depressed. I'm like, I'm, I'm pretty sad. And Taylor was like, what? I, where, where is that coming from? And I was like, I don't know. I, I hide it well. I just, I don't, cause I don't, I don't like to, uh, I don't know. Ruminate on it. No, uh, I definitely ruminate. <clears throat> I just don't like to, I don't like to, I don't like to like, I don't know. I feel I don't Talk like to, about uh, it. Yeah, I don't like to offload my shit sometimes onto others. I know that I know that that's not what it is, but I, <laughs> I, the, you know, sometimes I'm just like, just keep it to yourself, man. Like, don't, don't. Um, and I know that that's not the right right way to go about it either. Anyway, whatever. Let's well, move on. Okay. Well, before we do, can I just say that I have been this morning while I was practicing, I was thinking about you and wondering how you were doing. And because I find like, I have this impulse to like talk about everything and like, mm-hmm. really like you could be totally fine. And I could be like, but how are you? Mm-hmm. And I don't feel when you don't share those things with me and tell me how you're feeling or if you're like, yeah, I'm good. But then I find out in a recording of the podcast that you're <laughs> feeling depressed. Yeah. Uh, then it just makes me, I don't know. I just, I know we're not living together and there's this pandemic and right now we're in a really serious lockdown in Halifax. So, and the weather's not quite warm enough to hang out, you know, comfortably outside. And I just feel like I don't want this. I don't want this cloud of COVID to like lift and find that, my relationship with you has lost some depth because we haven't been able to hang out in person. And like, you know, some of my best memories with you are like traveling, Mm. going to Hawaii and, you know, going to music festivals and like different things that we've done together that, that seem like, like when is that going to happen again? Yeah. But I, yeah, I think, I I get into that languishing state of mind when I start thinking like right now there's an excuse to be out of touch with people, but I don't want this. Like I already have to work so hard to keep those connections strong. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. anyway, please just, we don't have to, we don't have to talk about it anymore, but I do want more. I I want you to tell me how you're doing because Otherwise, I feel like a nag if I'm just like, yeah, but really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. What's going on inside? I think I just need a good cry. That's all. Oh, Which so I good. will, yeah, I'll, I can, I, I, I could probably do that right after this recording. 
So um, uh, <laughs> let's let's move right along. Well, uh, let's move along. Let's move along to that thing that definitely made me cry. Uh, sure, but before we do, I want to say it was brought to my attention uh, by a number of people uh, that last week's audio of the episode with um, Mistress Eva O. Uh, there was a bit of uh, there's a bit of an uh, audio issue, so I, f- I fixed that, and that was my bad. Sorry, everybody. I was I'm going to blame it on the languishing um, as to why that <laughs> happened. So uh, okay, but th- so it's but all it's all cleaned up now. All cleaned up now. Yep. So there we go. Okay. Yep. Uh, what well, gave thanks, you babe. what What made you have a good cry, Brad? The article that you sent me about the goose. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah right. Can Some, we... Somebody else, somebody sent that to me, I, I, and I, I don't quite remember who sent it. But if you want to, uh, if you want to read it, Brian, that would be great. I would love to. Um, and it was sent. Uh, I, uh, Jules. It was sent from Jules. Yes, right. Um, and and this is from a website called IFL Science. I fucking love science.com. It's actually, um, I mean, if you Google this, it's everywhere. There's, there's. Oh, it's everywhere. Tons okay. of, of fucking articles about this. Yeah. Okay. So that, am I reading it? Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Okay. The headline is bisexual polyamorous goose. <laughs> bisexual polyamorous goose love triangle ends in tragedy. Oh no. I know. So this was actually a big deal in the uh, in the town that it was from, but uh, which I guess we'll we'll hear that in this article. Yeah. So this article is about Thomas, a New Zealand native, beloved father, and alternative lifestyle icon, has passed away at the age of forty. This is how the obituary would read if Thomas were a human, but the famous Wellington resident was actually a goose, a blind, gay. Interspecies polyamorous goose, whose life story captured the hearts of locals and the world at large. Why isn't I, I got a question? Why isn't David Attenborough covering this family? I don't know. <clears throat> man, that that man, David you know how, Attenborough you is. You know how old he is? He he just had his birthday. You know how old he is? Is he like a hundred and five? I I could be I could be wrong here by a year or or one or two years, but he I think he's ninety four. He just turned ninety four oh or ninety three. Isn't that crazy? And he's and he knows more about the natural world than any other human being on the planet. Yeah, isn't yeah. that fucking crazy? Yeah, he, he knows that is shit. like I I really aspire to that level of like expertise. But anyway, yeah. I don't really aspire because I do nothing to further my cause. Okay. Thomas, the goose first rose to celebrity when he was a young male in the gaggle at Y Manu Lagoon. There he was observed shunning other geese in favor of the company of a male black swan named Henry. The couple were together for 18 happy years before a female swan, Henrietta flew into the picture. Henry and Henrietta began to nest together But instead of the traditional monogamous pair bond normally shared among both geese and swans, Thomas stuck around and they became a dedicated triangular unit. Thomas was an invested parent to Henry and Henrietta's 68 signets over the next 12 years, during which time the family was a regular and much cherished site at Waimanu. Henry passed away in 2009, after which Henrietta found a new partner, and Thomas finally tried mating with a female goose, 
<laughs> Tragically, the young goslings were adopted by a different male, leaving Thomas alone once more. Oh, buddy. When he became I know. When he became blind in both eyes in 2013, Thomas was brought to the nearby Wellington Bird Rehabilitation Trust to pass his remaining years. We have loved having Thomas as a part of the WBRT family and have treated him with extra special love and care. The trust shared the announcement of Thomas's death posted on Facebook on February 5th. He was such a special boy and a wonderful character. Messages of mourning quickly filled in, especially from fans who appreciated Thomas's symbolic support for LGBT plus issues. <laughs> Homosexuality has been widely documented in the animal kingdom. 1,500 known species display this behavior, and more cases are likely to be discovered. Lucky for them, there is no indication that homophobia exists outside of humans. Gay geese don't need to defend that their behavior is natural to other swans. Thomas's multi-partner inclinations are also no oddity in nature. Significant evidence of polyamorous behavior, not to mention polygendered individuals, has been recently observed, promoting biologists like Antonia Forster to keep challenging our understanding of sexuality. Um, okay, this is, this is, I'll finish here because this is ridiculous. According to the WBRT, the heteronormative eschewing celebrity will be buried next to his true love under the commemorative stone and plaque made for the two in 2009. Oh. It was a 30-year love story that should be celebrated. Man, geese live a long time. Hey, here's a here's a photo of the family. Uh, Thomas, I believe, is the white goose there. That's right. Uh, couldn't tell you which one's Henrietta or which one's Henry. Um, but, uh, that is the family. Look at that. There's Thomas. Look how how sweetie is. Leah's mom, Leah's mom just bought a goose and it looks like (laughs) it, it's a baby. It looks like one of these little tiny things right now. Oh my God. It is so fucking cute. Does it live in the house? Yeah. She bought a bunch of chickens, little baby chicklets and a goose. And they're all just like, (sighs) they're all just, just hanging out. Yeah. How sweet is that? Yeah. There they are. If I you want to see it, go to patreon.com slash turn me on and uh, become a patron and you can watch our foreplay segments as well as uh, see Bridie and I's faces as we talk to each other. How exciting is that? And you're going to see something else. <clears throat> Ready? Ooh, Bridie whipping out the sex toy. So this is, uh, we actually, uh, we, the episode has, oh, this is this episode, isn't it? Yep. Okay, so later in the conversation, we are actually going to be speaking with, um, uh, what episode Bat-shava. is Batshava. Batshava. Oh. Uh, Batshava is, uh, she was a, she was a, an amazing guest, and, uh, and we will get to the conversation in a bit, but she knows her shit uh, when it comes to vibrators. And in the conversation that we had with Batshava, um, she, she, she was telling us all about everything that she knows about vibrators and Bridie unboxed this vibrator for <laughs> us. Um, and you had now correct me if I'm wrong, Bridie, you hadn't used it up to this point, correct? No. Um, but now you have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's, what's the, what's the word? What's the deal? What do you think? Okay. So non-patrons, just so you have an idea, this thing looks like some kind of monkey wrench. Like it's got a, it's got like a handle and then the the upper part is like 
what would you call that? Like a semicircle or like yeah. almost a completely closed circle. Anyway, both sides of this thing vibrate independently. Both sides of the of the prongs? Yeah. So okay. yeah. So there's two buttons, mm-hmm. an upper button and a lower button. Yeah. And if you obviously if you hold down the lower button, the handle, which is pretty sort of phallic shaped, yeah. starts vibrating. And it has all kinds of I don't even know how many different settings and speeds. Yeah. And then the same thing with the upper body, uh, upper part. So you can use them together. You can use them independently, and they have both have a wide range of vibration to them. Um. So, you know, I'm not much of a vibrator user, mm-hmm. and one of the the issues I had with my previous vibrator was that there were only like five settings. There was like low, medium, high, and then like a varied like sure like that kind of thing um and this one has more and they're less um what's the word i'm looking for uh predictable i find like the the step the stagnated the, the the ones that are more sporadic um and do you I like that do you like the do you like the sort of sporadic in as opposed to the the constant um the constant buzzing the constant stimulation like like are you into the oh like i have no idea where we're like where this is gonna where this is gonna buzz and and how often and you know yeah with this one i am because like i said it's unpredictable like the ones that are varied are also varied within that one setting like it it's not it's a, got a rhythm it's, obvious, it's it's like a it's a melody that it's hitting it's got a rhythm <clears throat> But it changes. This one here. Throughout throughout the one setting. Right. Throughout one you. setting. It's oh, like cool, it's quite okay. Yeah. Um, which I do I ha I do like. And I've been using it um uh with alongside some audio porn uh or some audio erotica. And that's been that's kind of been my my cool. jive lately. Cool. So I, I am enjoying it. It's I told Bacheva that the woman at the sex store was like, this is very popular. And Bacheva was like, it's popular this week, but it's definitely <laughs> yeah, not like yeah. a popular vibrator. Uh, um, and it's called, I forget, but I say it in the name of the, the podcast. So you can, you can check it out online if you want to, if you, or just become a patron and take a look at it and decide if it looks like something you would want. Um, <clears throat> cool. So would like, would you, I mean, would you recommend this toy? This isn't an ad obviously because we don't even know the fucking name of the toy. So would you recommend this toy? I think it's called toy? the satisfier. I think it's called the satisfier. Um, <clears throat> would I recommend it? Not knowing anything about vibrators really. How much? Like, and was not it expensive? Having, it was like a 85 bucks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think, like I don't I think vibrators are a really hard thing to recommend to somebody else because like mm. um they're like Bacheva will tell us in the episode she says there's something like four different like categories of vibrators and what they do. Um and this one has I you know what? I th- I think I w- yeah, I think I would I would recommend it. It's cool because it's cool. got lots of different things you can sort of do with it, like it's supposed to be used option to use with like with a partner. So people with testicles, you could like wrap this head part, which is like pretty flexible. It opens yeah. up quite wide. Yeah. Uh, you could put like your 
a penis through there. You could put your these two tips like on your nipple. Um, could you put one so up the kinda, uh, one up the butt, one in the one I'm, in the V? Yeah, I'm sure you could. Yeah, I'm sure you could. Interesting. Um, but what one thing do you ever that just, I, do you ever, I do you ever just vibrate on your butthole? I like would not in, not in your butthole, but just on your butthole. Yeah, I think that would feel nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, something that anyone who's been listening for a long time will probably have already picked up on, but and I definitely talk about it in this episode. But like, there's some sort of thinking I've been doing about my own sexuality and and you know my own orgasms and my own sex life and. Something I, I, I got, I went to see an osteopath the other day and she released this muscle. That's one of the pelvic floor muscles Mm -hmm. and it was excruciating. Like I was really trying not to like sob. It was so painful. How how did they, how did, how did they do it? Um, okay. So, you know, you've got like the pelvis, so you've got like the two sides of, of the hips And if you're, if basically if you were to find this muscle on your own, I would say, pull your knees up to your chest, bring your hand down to your butt and try to find that really pointy bone, the sitting bone, and then go inside of that towards the butthole and go, and then have someone actually like put their fingers inside your pelvis from there. It's like, it's not, it's external, it's external, but it's in against the inside of that hip bone. Um, Ichi, wawa, caramba. It was like, that you sound, know what? I actually sounds... had a flashback. <clears throat> oh, yeah? Or, yeah, she, like, it was interesting because she was like, she was like, people, this can go, be really intense for people what do you, with trauma. What do you mean, a flashback Obviously. Let me tell you. I, I, you know, I don't have any of any sexual trauma, but I do, I had this flashback of being in this house when I was about, six or seven years old and sliding down the banister of the staircase. Oh, oh no. Yeah. And there's like this sour, sour pain. I don't know how to describe sometimes of like good description, sour pain. It's really, it was. And I said that to my osteopath, I was like, yeah, that, that that fucking hurts a lot. I, uh, but that was the flashback of just like sliding down the banister and that that mm, similar pain of like like rubbing your crotch the wrong oh, way on fuck. something. Yeah. Sour pain. I was uh, uh, t- totally totally off topic here, but um, a couple of nights ago, I was I was here at the like a couple of weeks ago, I was here at the office watching UFC. Uh, really, I'm a really big MMA fan. And uh, there was a, a a pretty big fight that was going down, and uh, it was anticipated to be like a, a lengthy, you know, very good uh, competition between two elite athletes. And really early into the fight, uh, this guy Chris Weidman gave a which very common, a very common move uh, a, a a lower calf kick to his opponent. So with his leg, he kicks the lower calf of um, his his opponent. But when he kicked 
his opponent's leg, Chris Weidman's shin snapped and oh. his leg wrapped all the way around uh, his opponent's leg. And then he stepped back with a fully snapped bone, stepped back to step, put the weight. He didn't even know it like it was so quick and went to step on his foot and the leg bent. <laughs> I go, I, I, oh my fucking God, I was fully, I like full on traumatized. It was one, it was one of the most, it was one of the most awful things I've ever watched. And that caused phantom sour pain. I can't even imagine how sour the pain was for him. Holy fuck. That's super Whoa. interesting. I got to tell you, I got to tell you this. Fuck. So I, I taught <clears throat> yoga today and um, one of the, one of the things that I was sort of reading about this morning in preparation to teach was, um, was about the neurons that fire. Uh, I'm just going to read it to you. Um, um, so it says many of the same action oriented brain neurons and pathways light up, whether you're performing an action or merely observing someone else perform the action. So basically oh, whoa. neurologic neurologically <clears throat> you're, you're, you're firing, um, you're firing even if you're just sort of watching someone else whoa. do the movement or even <clears throat> imagining the movement in your own head. So yeah, so, so so this makes a lot of sense because there's a there's an Instagram account that I follow called Hall of Meat, which is basically just skateboard fails, like skateboard uh, falls and crashes, and man, what's wrong with me? Um, I and I love the page, but when they have like bone breaks like that, like I, I my my butt, like my 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 perineum hurts. Like I go, argh, argh, argh. like my oh, uh, oh, you should get your pelvic floor released because. After she released it, I, I, I felt like, um, oh my God, my butthole has been clenched (laughs) and I don't know how long it's been clenched for. You know what? Your butthole is supposed to be clenched. All right. Let's, I I, I don't think, (laughs) let's not go down that road. (laughs) I don't know. I think it's like a, an an old church. I think my butt's clenched because I grew up in the church, but you know what? Who knows? Well, speaking of clenched buttholes, let's uh, get into this beautiful <laughs> conversation that we had with uh, with Bot Sheva. Bot Sheva, it's Sheva. I wrote down shelf. It's that same eh sound as in the word shelf. Is it? Because I said Bot Sheva, and she was and like, she said, "You fucking nailed it." And I was like, "Oh, thanks." Just, just wait, wait, and re-listen to the episode because she oh, starts yeah, saying her own gonna, name a little bit later. Yeah, we're going right into it. So I guess we'll find out here in a moment. Uh, but, but, but uh, is the way I'm going to pronounce it here. And I think that's how I was pronouncing it there. Uh, and she said, I did it right. Uh, she, she honestly, like this was one of those conversations that, uh, we, we've been having fucking really solid, solid combos lately. Uh, kudos to you, Bridie, for, for finding these guests. Cause they've been great. Um, and she is, she is no exception. What a phenomenal conversation. Uh, so fun. She knows her shit. She loves to talk. And I was just, just totally enthralled. And, um, I know for a fact that, uh, our listeners are going to love this one as much as you and I did because we had so much fun and hopefully. hopefully and we she- learned. Oh, we learned a fuckload. And I mean, look, 
I'm not holding her to it, but she did offer to send us gifts. So that also, that also <laughs> plays a role. Um, uh, so folks, we hope you enjoy this. And, uh, and uh, to our patrons who have been watching this uh, every week on Patreon, we, we really appreciate you for all that you do to support the podcast. And uh, we appreciate that you trust your time with us. Um, and it means a lot. And so again, if you want to be a patron, if you want to contribute to keeping this project going during really weird times, uh, patreon.com slash turn me on. And a special, special shout out to Hannah, our newest patron. Thank you so much. It means the world to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Well, folks, enjoy this conversation with Botshava. Um, and, uh, and you know, if you want to reach out to us to let me know if I, how badly I butchered uh, her name in the first half of this podcast, you can send us an email, turnmeonpodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. And, uh, and without further ado, this is our conversation that we had with Botshava. Um, uh, this is going to be really fun. Uh, Botshiva Marcus, Dr. Botshiva Marcus, uh, correct myself there. Uh, we are so elated to sit down and talk to you. Um, uh, for our listeners, if you aren't aware, uh, Botshiva is a certified sex therapist and clinical director of the Mays Women's Health, uh, which is the largest independent women's sexual health center in the United States of America. Uh, we're super glad to have you on the show. Um, I guess, uh, Bridie, maybe you want to step in here, but but um, uh, one of the one of the ways we we stumbled across uh, you and the lovely work that you do is through Justin Lay Miller's podcast, which we're like obsessed with right now. Um, and he's amazing. He is amazing. Is he not the sweetest gentleman you've ever? He met? is. He is amazing. He's also super smart. So he's sweet yeah. and smart. And that's an amazing combo. That is a yeah. good combo. Yeah. Um, and so, so yeah, so we're really, really excited to to talk to you and, and hear about the work that, that you do. Um, but I want to, I want to start this entire, I hope this is okay, Brady. I want to start this entire thing off by saying one thing that I heard on the podcast, which I loved, which is that you are known in some circles as the queen of vibrators. <clears throat> Uh, can we just dive into, first of all, how does one become the queen of vibrators? And secondly, uh, 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 tell us all you know about vibrators, because I, I think this is fascinating. Okay, so the reason, okay, let's back up. So my PhD thesis was on vibrator use by women, which is how that started. Okay, so so 20 <laughs> years ago when I did my PhD, there was no research out on women and vibrators, or almost no research out, and it was vibrators were being used much less. And mm. I, and I feel like vibrators are like one of the most underused tool in women's sexual arsenal. Now things have changed. So it's definitely, they're used much more, but you'd still be amazed, amazed at how many people just have such like 
either not knowing about vibrators or feel uncomfortable about vibrators or somehow feel like vibrators are for solo sex, but they're not for sex with partners. So, um, so I really sort of brought the whole vibrator thing into our practice. And I, um, and this is actually something I think is very funny, which I, I, I'm thinking I really haven't talked about this much, but I know a few years into the practice, we used to go over vibrators with women and we'd show them a whole slew of vibrators. And invariably they always picked these like cute little tiny small ones that had like were battery operated, um, oh, yeah. and then I'm like, but they didn't need those. They needed like the big mamas, right? Like they needed the really strong <laughs> ones, which at that time were plug in. Now they're chargeable, but they're bigger and they're, they're stronger. And a lot of women need a stronger vibrator. So I got fed up one day and I said to our medical practitioners, we are putting them in the room with the vibrators and like, let them try eight vibrators and see what works. They put condoms on the vibrators. Um, and, um, now we do that with every patient who we suggest uses a vibrator. We like put her in the room with a bunch of vibrators. We explain how they work and what, you know, what the advantages are of different ones. And invariably, I would say like eight out of 10 times women come out saying, okay, I'll take this, the big one, you know, like the big stronger one. That's <laughs> what they it, need. Okay. Is it, is it usually like the specifically, is it like a, a, a sort of like wand based vibrator that you like, you know, the, the Hitachi, the, like the magic wand. Is that, is that sort of the one that you see most people gravitate towards? So the Hitachi magic wand was like iconic, right? Like mm -hmm. that was like the first one and it is big. I mean, that one looks like a blender. I did a, um, <laughs> on a, um, on Instagram, I did a reel with using it as a baseball bat, using it as a blender, oh, yeah. blender. Yeah. yeah, it's like, anyway, you back, it is a back massager. It was sold as a back massager, but um, the wand, I think the other thing that people often sort of misconstrue with vibrators is they often think that they should be like something that's inserted, like right. penis-like, whether it looks like a penis or not, conical, right? Like something you put into your vagina. Well, that's fine. And that's great if you just want something to play with. But if you're actually looking for something that's going to help you have an orgasm, which is usually the reason we're talking to women about vibrators, you need something that's going to go externally on the clitoris. And so, yes, we're talking about the wand type, mm. but now there are much sort of smaller, lighter ones. Like I'm getting really old and it's hard to hold a heavy vibrator. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. So that, that, although there's a version of the Hitachi that came out, that's really light also. The Hitachi still, in my opinion, is the strongest vibrator out there, like by far. So if a woman's really having trouble and that's helpful. So yes, in most cases, women come out and say they want the wand. Now, mm. if you're just playing because you want an extra little toy in your life, and that's a great reason also, then the cute little lipstick looking ones are great. I have nothing against them. They're just not as effective as the big wand like ones. Right. That's yeah. a really good thing to hear because one of those little guys was my first vibrator and I don't think I bought another vibrator for years because I was like Meh, vibrators don't do anything for me that was like my experience with them and you know just the other day I went into a store to buy a new vibrator at my the third one I've ever bought because my second one has now kicked the bucket I uh I haven't opened it yet isn't that ridiculous what, I, what did I, you I, get I, Oh, what'd you get? Um, well, I'll get it for you in one second because I honestly I haven't opened it yet, and I, I that's a whole other story. I don't know why I haven't. Um, it's masturbation month, you know. It's lockdown, but it's still we're in the only box. look, Bride. We're only five days into masturbation month, and it's been a long <laughs> week. Okay, so don't, <laughs> don't come down on yourself too hard. <laughs> that is but so my, funny. My experience at the vibrator store, even though I've been like doing this podcast for four years, was still like I walked in, I was like, um, Oh my god. I'd like a vibrator. Uh, and she was like, okay, what do you want? And I was like, huh, uh, I don't need it to be penis shaped. That's all I can tell you. 
But this is like, and she was like, okay. And she was so sweet. I was like, I should be better at this. Like I should have more like guts here to like say what I want. But I found myself like whispering. I was the only person in the store. So I don't know what, <laughs> who I was so shy for. But Bridie, can you imagine how hard this is for somebody who's not you? I mean, like you're so comfortable talking about sex and you walk into the store and you like start feeling like awkward. And somebody who, for whom this is new is a hundred times as awkward and they're so overwhelmed because one of the things I always joke around about is that there's like a thousand million kinds of vibrators out there. But the truth is, if you know like four or five categories, you're good. They're mm. all variations on a theme. So I um, I actually made, I created a three-part free introduction to vibrators series for my website my, at May's Women's Health. So if anybody's interested, they can go to that um, because I really do feel like as soon as you're armed with a little information, like internal versus external, battery versus chargeable. Um, there's this new suction one that's out, which mm. is a very different model. And for some women, that's super helpful for women who want very light um, stimulation. Um, that was really hard for me to grasp. We had a big sort of internal arguments with my staff there. I was like, this isn't going to do diddly squat for anybody. This, you know, and they're like, no, no, it works really well for a lot of women. And they were right. I was wrong. So, <laughs> um, so um, yeah. So I think sort of going in with, anyway, now you're kind of getting a sense as to why I'm called mm. the queen of vibrators. I do yeah, not shut up. Yeah, I could talk totally. for an hour and a half about vibrators. So I'll, <laughs> I, love it. I will now stop. <laughs> I love it. And, and, I want to see Bridie's. Yeah. 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 Show us what you got there, Bride. Cause, uh, okay, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take it out of the box. The box I is cool. I love it. it. The podcast is now turning into an unboxing series. Uh, whoa. Oh, fascinating. So that's a G spot. It's got a G, is the idea of the G spot thing going on there? Or G in the clitoral? I, you know what? I don't know, but it does come with a bunch of uh, uh, instructions. different instructions and applications. It's supposed to be like both for um, penis owners and vulva I was going to say, that so looks like it, you, you can could, like you could get your balls in there. Or, yeah, yes. Totally. Yes. Yeah, that is interesting. Bridie, explain. I end. mean, people can't see this. Oh, yeah. So explain to the listeners what, what so we're looking at here. It kind of looks like a bit like a tuning fork. It's like a. It sure does. Yeah. It's okay. So mine is black. The name of it is Satisfier. And um, it has like the handle, which I'm calling a handle, but which also could be the, oh. the, to the toy part. It's chargeable. Um, it's chargeable. Um, I don't know. It must be. It I, doesn't I, come with batteries, I think it right? It must be, yeah. I don't, didn't, well, I'll see. I'll see if okay. there's some sort of cord in here. Um, but yeah, you know it's got like a... Of, I, hold on. Didn't you go to the store? Didn't the person at the store at least give you some sort of indication of what you were She getting? said, this one's really popular. That's okay. all and, she and said. Like, and I was like, cool, fine, that's fine. Okay, Take you know what? So I, I think that would be really fun to play with a little bit. Yeah, totally. I, I do not, that one is not really popular. I mean, maybe it's really popular this week. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. But, um, but it's, it looks like a wrench, if you ask me. A little, yeah, right? it does. It looks like something you'd find in a toolbox. And yeah. I would say, you know, everybody should have like their little black dress of vibrators. And then they could have like, you know, the funky leather mm. bustier. That's that. Mm -hmm. the, okay. leather, the funky leather bustier there like something fun to pull out and play with i'd be yeah you have to get back to me and let me know what you think but you should have a like nice basic wand just say mm -hmm. i'm gonna mail you one after this we're <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be my gift to you <laughs> that's a great idea i will welcome that with open arms turn me on podcast we'll be back after this short break 
Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, I, I mean, like as a as a as a male who who doesn't have much um, doesn't have a lot of like experience with sex toys, um, I, I, like I have a wand here at the condo, and and which I use with my partner, and I I love it. I love I love being able to use it. I love when it's being used. You know, there's it does. You're saying a, on on your on your female partners. Yes, on your, my female partner. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. You like when you you like when you watch. You like using it on her. You like watching all her. Of it. Yeah, all of it. I love it when she uses it on herself, and I'm I'm inside her. It's like I can still feel. I can feel it. You know, it's it's an all around. It's all around. It's just a great experience. I think it's really fun. You know, it's so important for women to hear you say that because like women who are having sex with women, this is not an issue in general, but women who are having sex with men are so hesitant to bring it up. And mm. then when they do bring it up, some men, in my experience, and this was part of my research is that the men are fine with it in the long run because it makes their job easier. Look, look, their hand in their mouth gets so tired sometimes like <laughs> a vibrator is really helpful. Right. Mm. But also it's like a big turn on to watch your partner get turned on. It's a big turn on to watch them have an orgasm. So, but the, it's so fraught, the conversation and the women bring it up feeling so guilty and ashamed. And then the men sort of feel like, OK, well, maybe I'm not a good enough lover. And that's why you need the vibrator. And so it, things get all tangled and mushy in a way that's not helpful to anybody. So mm. um, I'm so glad that you said that, because I think women have to hear that men. M my experience is that most men, once this conversation's had a few times in a really open, loving way, are totally get with the program. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. And I would say like, y you know, as someone who has struggled in the past and, and the present with desire or arousal, um, stuff is like, it is, it's just like, what can, what can we do to, 
I kind of lost my train of thought there. Make it like, easier. No, for sure. For sure. If you can get turned on and have a better orgasm with less work, this is all, I hate to sound so like scientific here, but it's a cost benefit analysis. That's mm-hmm. what it is. If it's, if it takes a lot of work and effort and energy to get turned on and feel good and there's very little payout, like you're not gonna wanna have sex. But if you can get turned on and have a great orgasm and it's easier, then you're gonna more wanna have sex. Like that is just the equation. I think that's what you're saying, Bridie, right? Like for somebody who struggles with this stuff, this that's why I said it's like the most underused tool in a woman's arsenal. Mm. Totally. And I, and like listening to the conversation with Justin, I was, that stood out to me when you're talking about common sexual problems and what to do about them. It, you know, in my mind, it's been like a lifetime uh, and of my adult life, uh, like sexually looking at myself and going, maybe I've got like, maybe I'm lean more towards being asexual or maybe I have hormone problems or maybe I'm because I don't know how to combat this like well, sense of of like why is it so hard for me to just like get, get in the mood yeah well maybe you do have low hormones that's true it could I be. mean maybe you do are you coming down to New York it doesn't matter you could be 23 like okay. you know what I'm saying like um next time you're in New York you just come see me we'll okay. look at that. I feel like that I feel like the second piece is that people go into the spiral of blaming themselves like what's wrong with me when it could be physiological yeah. and then you can decide whether you want to do something about it or not but um I yeah, yeah I agree I feel like I feel like there I mean there 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 must be uh you know the, the mental game is 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 pretty strong there if you start to feel if you start to feel any sort of shame around the fact that you're you 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 aren't able to perform the way that you want to or you aren't feeling the the desire that you 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 want to it's like this fucking shame spiral that that it obviously isn't isn't going to help it's it's only going to hinder so you know it's it's even if someone's feeling it even if it is a physiological thing i'm sure but that is the mental, the mental and the body, the brain and the body are one thing. Mm, They're not mm-hmm. separate. And that's what I talk about a lot in this book, right? The brain and the body are always working in tandem. So when you want to have sex and it's in your brain, that I want to have sex, it's coming from chemical influences, right? Like, mm. they, you know what? Here's the, the best analogy and story that I give. When you're pre-COVID, when you are in line for a movie and you saw two 17-year-olds and they could not keep their hands off each other, they were just climbing all over each other, was your first thought, oh my God, they must have had a meaningful conversation. I mean, like, really, that is not your first thought, right? Or or he, he must have just bought her a great gift or did the dishes for her. Like, no, like their hormones are freaking raging, right? And yet somehow when we turn 30 or 35, it's like, it's no more discussion about hormones. That's not relevant anymore, right? Like, so the hormones, your brain and your, like there's a great study out there about men who stay home with their children and their testosterone levels drop. So that's the flip way, right? Hmm. our brain activity, our, the way we think and what we're doing affects our hormone levels, our hormone levels of like, they all work together. So, um, so yes, you have shame and, you know, shame can throw you off and shame, like everything is working. That was the whole idea of this book was that it's not like one thing that we're looking for. We're looking at how everything interacts with everything else to be able to have a better sex life. So the book, uh, the book is Sex Points, uh, Reclaim Your Sex Life with the Revolutionary Multi-Point System. Um, sorry, us- I hijacked that. I went like, whoops, sorry. Oh, it's, it's okay. I'm glad, I'm glad you, it was a perfect segue. Uh, uh, tell us, tell us about, tell us about this idea of sex points. Like what is, what is this multi-point system? What, what are we talking about here? So it's exactly like what you and I were just talking about, right? Like um, we p- tend to think like 
what is the matter? People would come into my office and just like say, let's figure out what's broken about Java. Like, is there too much shame? Did I have like a trauma in my past? Mm. Um, you know, did I not have enough education? You know, am I really not into my partner? Am I asexual? You know, like, are my nerve ending? Like, and I'm like, no, we got to look at this. Like it's multifactorial. You need a hundred points to have good sex. And those points come from your physiology, your psychology, your relationship, what's going on in your life, all those things. And they're constantly, those things are changing and some of them are taking away points and some things are adding points. And so, mm. so if you're, you know, a young girl, let's say who has like fabulous health, fabulous hormone profile. You can have sex with anybody anywhere, pretty much, right? You know, like I always joke around, you could hook up in a grungy bathroom in the back of a bar and you're still gonna have pretty good sex, right? Cause let's say you have 90 points of your own and then 10 more points is all you need. And you're gonna, or in an airplane, you know, under in the bathroom of an airplane where you have no room to move, you can have sex and it will be okay, right? But, you know, you were, yeah, I'm like trying, I, I can run through, I have like a narrative, which I can explain to you sort of how these points work in it. Should I run through that? Or is that? Yeah, oh, please. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So let's take that, that, that same woman, that, that young 19 year old woman who um, has great health, great hormones, 90 points of her own, can have sex pretty much anywhere, anytime. And now it's five years later and she meets some hot new guy. Let's call him Jeremy. Okay. <laughs> I mean, fine. Why not? Right. <laughs> So uh, that or the Duke from Bridgerton. It's viewers. Yeah. Okay. Yes, I know exactly. So, um, <laughs> so she falls madly in love with hot new guy, and that gives her thirty points. And she, um, and she, um, and it's hot and new, which we know new relationships are hot and new, and that gives her thirty points. So she's floating around at one hundred and fifty. And if Jeremy, hot new guy, does something so irritating that takes away thirty points, it doesn't matter because she's still over that hundred point threshold that we're trying mm. to get her at, right? Or if or if she's working crazy hours and she's exhausted and that's taking away 20 points or 30 points, it still doesn't really matter. She's still going to have good sex, right? But now let's take her five years later and she's now, you know, 30 years old and she has a child and she married hot new guy. So he's not so hot and he's not so new anymore, right? Like he's, <laughs> but she loves him. So, you know, they're kind of okay. They're, she's at that hundred point threshold now until, you know, another child comes along or there's a little rockiness in the relationship or her hormone levels drop, right? Or his back goes out or she goes on birth control. Anything could happen and she drops below that 100 point threshold. And now their sex life sucks and she can't quite figure out what's wrong. Well, it's not one thing that's wrong. It's lots of things that maybe aren't working as well as they were before. And let's see, she can't make this relationship hot and new again, really, but she might be able to do that in her fantasies. Mm -hmm. Right. She may mm -hmm. be able to do that with her fantasies or she may be able to change her birth control. So my argument is this should be so easy, guys. You take the quiz at the beginning of the book. It gives you a point profile in four different quadrants, you know, arousal, desire, which are different, orgasm, pain. And then I'm trying to help you find out where are places to get points because, mm. you know, you, you have the kids. They're not going anywhere. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, like that's a given. Right. Um, you are, you know, your health situation may be a given, right? But you still can play. You can play with getting hormones, if that makes sense for you, changing your medication, if that makes sense for you, using vibrators, if that makes sense for you, getting more help around the house, if that makes sense for you. Like the idea is for you to 
like look at the situation and understand how broad it is and how fixable it is. If you look at all the variables that go mm. into a good sex life, as opposed to this magic, you know, trauma you're afraid you had, or does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I, I love, I love the, the idea of like the points based system. It, it, uh, it kind of reminds me of like my, my nephews, um, uh, my sister's trying to get my nephews on board with like doing chores around the house and they're, they're like toddlers. And, uh, you know, for her, it's like, give them a sticker. If they get a sticker, they're like super fucking pumped to do the goddamn <laughs> dishes or whatever. And so it's like, yeah, award, award people with these, this, like this sort of sliding scale of points. Yes. Um, yeah, I should do stickers. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm going to, you know what? You have totally inspired me. I know inspired me. I'm going to go on Instagram and I'm going to give yeah. out stickers. I'm not kidding. I'm totally. going to have to figure this out. Yeah. You know, stickers for points. I love it. What What has been the response from, from folks? Have you, have you heard from many who have read the book and, and, and what their thoughts are on, on the, the whole points based system? I think people really like, I honestly, I have gotten I'm afraid to say this because I'm like going to jinx myself, but I've gotten nothing but good positive feedback so far. Mm. And honestly, I don't know if you guys, either of you have put out a book, but it is scary as all shit. Because I, yeah, I can imagine. It's just putting a part of yourself out there. And, um, and this one's, this is the first book really that addresses the medical, the physiological and the psychological. And I stand in this two, these two, this world kind of on the, I'm on the ledge of these two worlds of the therapist and the medical world. And mm. there's a lot of like, tension between those worlds, believe it or not. Like the therapists are furious because they think the medical world is trying to over-medicalize women's sexual function. And the medical world feels like the therapists completely devalue them. And so, and I really believe the only way to approach this issue is both, using both. So mm. it was really scary to put this out there. And I'm sure, I am sure it's still early folks. It's only been out for like a month. I am sure I'm going to start getting pushback. But for right now, I've gotten really, really positive reaction from women, which is what I care about, you know? Um, so my, my son, my adorable number two son, who's not so adorable, he's 30. So we're like, I'm a grandma. So he, <laughs> you know, one day I was, you know, obsessing about like how much, how many books have sold and did enough books sold. And it's not hit, didn't hit bestseller list. And you know, all the, the, and he said, you know what, if 10 women get helped by this book, mm -hmm. mom, like that is all that really matters. And mm -hmm. As soon as he said it, it sort of cleared the air for me. And I know I've heard from at this point, probably hundreds of women. And that feels really, really good because the reality is that I want to fight for your sex life. Like, I think sex is really, really important. I think it's harder as you get older. It's very hard if you're in a monogamous relationship sometimes. Um, it's it's and I feel like in relationships and for yourself to feel sexual is really, really important and it's doable for everybody. So I'm, I'm like, they are trying to like fight for practical, real ways of approaching it without like, you know, crazy Tantra, not that I'm anti-Tantra, but you right, know. Right. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm really dying to know what the, what the process of the book was in terms of like, in terms of the research that you have done and that you do. Um, I guess, I guess what I'm asking is, is like, you know, this, this point space system seems like a, a, a sort of modality that you've come up with, but, but how does the research back that? How does the research fit in within this point space system? So I don't think you can think of the points based system as a research based system. Okay. Um, as a matter of fact, you, you know, you mentioned that I was on Justin Lee Miller's podcast and he said, well, where'd you come up with those points? Like, how did you come up? And I'm yeah. like, I just threw a dart. That's like, anyway, <laughs> yeah, but right, right. no. So the way I came up with the points was with my patients, right? I've seen thousands of patients and 
the point, it's not a chemistry experiment, right? What it mm. is, is sort of trying to give you a sense of like, if your hormones, for example, are really low, it's going to be really hard to turn that around with fantasy vibrators, you know, mm. um, um, rearranging your life. It's going to be hard to do that if you're if your hormones are super low or if you're having bad pain or you're having pain at all, it's going to be really, really hard to get to like sex, even if you fix everything else. Right. So, um, so the, when you talk about the research, what I will tell you is, look, I was here at the very beginning of this field, female sexual dysfunction, like 20 years ago, nobody understood any of this. I still feel like we're at the baby infancy stages. We're getting more and more information every day. And there are more and more ideas coming up every day, but I've gotten to learn this with my patients, right? Mm -hmm. I've watched what was helpful, what wasn't helpful. Um, and the hundred point system was a system that the, the, I work with a urologist and he does male, male, he does male sexual dysfunction, but he also does male infertility. And when he was trying to explain to me male infertility, he used the hundred point system. He said, it's not like there's one thing wrong with the woman or there's one thing wrong with the man. If there's infertility problems, you have to get to a threshold of a hundred. Like mm. the eggs have to be at a certain level, the ability to drop the eggs out are supposed to be able to like sperm has to be. So if you have fabulous sperm, but you have like not such great eggs, you still might be fine. So you're trying to raise all the points everywhere. Mm -hmm. And it was such a good model. And when I started using that with women and with their sex lives, it suddenly clicked like, okay, I can't touch this area for whatever reason. I, 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 right now I don't want to look at the hormones. I just can't, but that's okay because let's look at these other variables to bring up the point profile. And that's where that concept for the point profile came. Um, and then each area, you know, I have to sort of make a clinical assessment as to how much can it help and, you know, what, what things have like higher priority than other things to kind of, and I say that in the book, I say, you know, like don't spend your time chasing five points here or five points there. That's not the idea. The idea is to sort of get a general idea of where you are missing points, which areas you're missing points in. And then, and it's like, choose your own adventure of the book, right? Like if you're low in desire, I say, go to chapter eight and 12 and 13. But if pain is your problem is showing up, then maybe you want nine, 11 and four. Do you know what I mean? Like that's mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, I, I, I'm droning on and on. So feel free to interrupt me at any moment. No, I really I love it. I mean, I, I love I love the description. And it, it's you know, it's nice. It's nice to it's nice to hear that there's some sort of resource out there that really uh, hones in on the fact that like s sexual desire is is extraordinarily nuanced. It's not it, it, it. You're right. It isn't just one thing or another. It's not just based on how you're feeling or or, you know, what you're it's not solely based on the, the your your environment it's not solely based on your physicality it's it's a whole host full of things so i think it's i think it's real it's like i'm i'm excited to get my hands on the book i like i'm i i'm sitting here as you're speaking i'm going what, what are my points where am i at right now i feel pretty high like i feel like i'm sitting around probably like at least 90 i don't know what, I'm what guessing you, you are too. I'm <laughs> guessing you are too. <laughs> what do you think, Bridie? I don't know. Uh, of you or me? Uh, well, yeah. What do you, like, I mean, you, you haven't, you, you don't, you don't know the, the whole points system. We, we haven't seen the book, but like, do you? Do I will you... send that out as soon as we're done with oh. the vibrator for Bridie. <laughs> yeah, great. Thank great. you. It's the care package I didn't know I needed. Yes, uh, exactly. <laughs> but like uh, in terms of you, what you were saying earlier, Bridie, about yeah. where you kind of feel like you're at. And where you've like waxed and waned over the years, like, do, 
does does this sort of conversation stimulate a little bit more thought as to perhaps where in your life you're like losing points or gaining points? Yeah, it's somewhere after like the one to two year mark into a new relationship. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, you heard me say that the hot newness of relationship. But that what that tells me, Bridie, is that you're not that low under the hunter threshold. Like I right. know that feels to people that feels really overwhelming and often they feel like, oh my God, did I trick my partner? Did I somehow like, you know what I mean? Like, but the horm- I will tell you that there's a lot of research about the cascade of hormones that happen early in a relationship. I address that in the book also. Right. Um, but the good news is, is it feels like, well, that means that you, with that bump, you do fine. So you're not floating around at a two, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so that's, that's the good news. And the question is, where else can you get the points from or you could or the choice could be i'm going to start new relationships every two years which i'm not anti that either like but just be aware that that's what's happening mm-hmm. i you, i caught that in your conversation with justin lay miller as well where you said we think of monogamy as like really hard for the male partners but actually it looks more like it's harder for the female partners yeah, no, I, I, it's something I've been thinking about and talking about a lot recently that the data suggests it's really hard for women. And we don't like that as a society. We want to believe that women are fine with monogamy. Like we want to think that women are like happy home and hearth. Like it's part of that package. And I think the women, us women, we women, whatever, um, we feel so guilty about not necessarily desiring our partner after a while that we don't allow ourselves to think about other men or other partners. Mm. And, and then it really shuts down our desire as opposed to like, I feel like with men, like it's societally acceptable. Like, so they'll make jokes. They'll be like, Oh, you know, I've been with the person for five years. So like they'll make jokes about it. And, and they'll, I think they'll like flirt with other people or use their fantasy and they're fine with it because they've been able to sort of express it. And then they can go ahead and have sex with their partner who they love and want to have sex with. You know, like they want to build this life and this sexual world with them as well. And they've been allowed to express the fact that it's hard. But women, as soon as they start feeling like, um, oh, my God, I'm actually not that attracted to this person who I'm with right now. They just shut down sexually altogether, I think, because they feel so bad about it. And then and that's much harder to deal with than, you know, saying, you know what, really, I want to have sex with the Duke. I'm going to fantasize about the Duke. You know? <laughs> Did you hear he's not coming back for a second season? It's horrifying. Anyway. Um, yes. No point anyway. watching now. <laughs> I know. Right. Exactly. So um, anyway, is that I mean, I think that sort of speaks to, again, a piece of here, like we need to look at this from a biopsychosocial and that's very social, this idea that women shouldn't, we women shouldn't be fantasizing about other men. I cannot tell you how many women feel guilty about fantasizing. They're with their partner for 20 years. Mm. What do you think was going to happen? You think you're going to be only thinking about your partner for the 25 years? Like how screwed up is that? Mm. Mm-hmm. But women can't seem to allow themselves the space to say, you know what? I love this person. I'm married to this person or I'm with this person. I'm going to keep having sex with this person. And I'm going to fantasize about other people because I'm a human being whose brain likes to fantasize about new kinds of erotic things. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. We're human. That's, a, That's it's, it's just humanity. Yeah. Sorry, Brad, you could go for it. Um, that it makes me want to ask you about what you think about the barriers that some people, but some women feel about pleasure because as a podcaster, um, talking about sex a lot and following all the Instagram accounts and listening to all the podcasts, there comes a point where I'm like, I'm so fucking tired of sex and like talking about it. And 
my eyes just roll so hard when sometimes when I open up my Instagram and I see people talking about like prioritizing pleasure and like pleasure is important and all these things. I'm like, yeah, 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 I know. And, and also, you know, toys, like toys are there for play and sex is play can be playful and like part of an imagination and all this kind of stuff. But there's just like, I can't wrap my head around why anyone would I mean I, I get that there's shame and stuff around experiencing pleasure but I can't quite like I can I can understand it with my brain but I I can't understand how that's actually how that's actually a barrier mm. I, I, this is just off the top of my head like something that you said that that made me think this way um do, like is there some other mystery about our human's desire to play and experience pleasure that we are that for some reason that we're cut off from it besides the same old story of like, Oh, it's religion or it's the way your parents told, talk to you about sex. Is there something else? So uh, first of all, I, you saying so many things and I'm trying to figure out how to respond. So I'm totally get where you're coming from. I also, cause I, but I think we live in a kind of a weird angle of the world, right? Like you do realize that we live in a curated part of the world, which is pouring sex and sex positivity on us constantly all day long. Mm -hmm. But as soon as you step out of that world, I don't know how the last time you did that was, and you know, you talk to, you go to Thanksgiving dinner at some rural cousins who you mm -hmm. haven't seen and you try to talk about sex, you're going to see a very different, like, mm -hmm. you know, we can't talk about this oh my God, you said sex. Like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, so it's very easy to kind of forget that that is 99% of the world or 95%, right? Because right? we live in that 2% of sex positivity. So I, I just need to put that out there. Yeah. And it's hard for me also, because I feel like I'm saying the same things again and again, who the hell's going to want to listen to me? Like, but I feel like there's always people who are finding this and it's new information for them, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so I think that's a piece of it. I, I do think that, we have learned to, we don't play anymore. We don't necessarily accept that we should have pleasure. I think in a weird way, we're still in this, you know, society, which sort of values work over play. I, I know I fall into that often. I mean, I love my work, so I feel like, you know, it's hard for me to distinguish that. But I think that, you know, just doing something just because it feels good is really not so accepted in our society at large. Again, not that little sliver that you and I are living in right now, but in the society at large, I think that is probably, I mean, seriously, think about, rel the easiest thing is to think far-flung relatives and think about how much they would value the word pleasure. Mm -hmm. You tell me, Bridie, I mean, do you, does that resonate at all or no? It, yeah, it does. It resonates hugely. And especially because in creating this podcast, I was like, this is a podcast I would love my, I have four little sisters. Uh, this, this is the podcast I would love <laughs> to have had coming up. And so I'm doing it for them and none of them listen to it. And they <laughs> all think I'm completely eccentric and loud mouthed. No, it's so interesting. I have a sister who lives overseas who teaches, um, who teaches brides. We, we, you know, we're part of the observant Orthodox Jewish community, and she teaches brides before they get married. And she, she can't say the word sex. Like it's just. Mm absurd and and this is my sister so like so that's what i'm saying to you so yes we go on instagram and we have you know 500 people are following her all saying play with toys like but that is just this crazy little corner of the world i'm just saying just saying that's a good reminder you're right i but, we but forget about I, those I, sorry Brad. i was you just gonna say it perfectly for, by the way you got that bachava you got that perfectly <laughs> 
Uh, Bacheva, I'm I'm dying to know what's uh, what's next for you. You've got the book out. You're are you still you're still practicing uh, as a as a clinician. Yeah. Um, what do you have anything in the pipeline that you're working on, or anything that you're really like hungry to kind of dig your dig your hands into? So that's such an interesting question. I think you're one of the first podcasts I've done that actually asked me that question. So yeah, I'm running the Women's Center and it's always growing and there's more things happening all the time. And I feel like I said, this is like an early stage of women's sexual health. So I'm just constantly finding new and cool things that we can do that are helpful to women. Um, But I am actually very interested in thinking about this whole point system, perspective system with bodies as well. Um, I... I had bariatric surgery two years ago and lost a hundred pounds. And I felt like the same, same issues are exactly at stake here where we think it's the mind, but it's actually the body, people making decisions, choices, thinking those choices are in their strength, in their, you know, in their, um, in their control, but actually there's so many physiological things going on that choices aren't exactly Mm. what you think they are. Um, it's just fat. I mean, I just think this whole world of bo- mind body is really calling to me because I feel like it, it can change the way we see medicine in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I got to say um, this. I was excited for this conversation, but it uh, it exceeded my expectations. Oh, I'm that's so sweet. Thank very you. Very excited for uh, for to, to read the book. I really I was going to say the book and the vibrator. Uh, yeah. That's why it exceeded <laughs> your expectations. Yeah, yeah, totally. I'll mail that's you rare. a vibrator, too. That's it. Partners. It's rare that we come on with guests and they just decide to tell us they're going to send a skip. <laughs> uh, but it, this really was a pleasure. And I I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for the future work that you you have coming coming down the pipeline because I think that, um, you know, the work that you do is extraordinarily important and uh, you seem to be one of the people that are doing a very good job at it. So thank you for taking time out of your day today to share with us and our audience all the work that you do. And uh, yeah, it really, really does mean a lot. This has been really fun. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Well, there we go, folks. That was our conversation with Botsheva, and uh, hope I'm still pronouncing that right. And <laughs> I, what I would give for an ounce of her energy. Yeah, like, spe- yeah, especially right now. Yeah. Now that we're languishing. No, no, that, yeah, yeah. Just that kind of energy behind what you're doing is so inspiring. <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, again, uh, I know that y'all love that. Um, and if you didn't go fuck yourself, uh, in the best, (laughs) and I mean that in the best way possible. Um, and, uh, that concludes this week's episode. We've got, uh, again, we've got another, a number of really awesome, awesome conversations in the pipeline. We can't wait for you to hear them. And, uh, and thanks again for everything that you do. Even if you don't, even if you're not a patron and you're just listening, uh, every week. It really does mean a lot. Yeah. I don't know if other podcasts get this, but like I got people reached out after hearing that I was going to massage school in the fall, probably going to massage school in the fall, just to congratulate me on, oh, isn't that nice? on following my dreams. Yeah, I know. It's just like, I get so much from you folks. Yeah. Thank you. Well, uh, with that, then we will see you next week. And uh, until next week, Go touch yourself, maybe with one of these cool vibrators. Mm.